This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Well, he's not quite a coffee asshole, but he's still an asshole about coffee. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. This is the Journey for Java podcast. A show about coffee, for people who enjoy coffee, and like listening to stories about people, places, and things involving coffee. Seriously, only an asshole would make it this complicated. It's the Journey for Java podcast. You want some coffee? Yeah, make it fresh pot. A Britain on Tour podcast show. Fresh pot! About what else? Coffee. Coffee is the number one drink in the world. Everybody drinks it. Even little kids in Mexico drink coffee. Well, I'm not a little kid in Mexico, okay? Here's BD. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Brenton on Tour Journey for Java podcast. We're taking it a little bit sideways this time. We're going to go a little bit, I don't know, off the beaten path, if you will. This is going to be an interesting combination of tech and coffee. We've been doing music and coffee. We've been doing uh, different kinds of uh, I've had coffee snobs and assholes. But tech, what do the tech guys drink? And one of my favorite tech guys is here this week. I've got one from some gadget guy. How are you, sir? I'm doing really well. I, I can't tell you after the last week that we've been having with, you know, numerous product announcements and uh, some, some, you know, concern about companies that are closing their doors and, and moving out of the, uh, the consumer electronics scene, how much I needed to chill with some Java chat. <laughs> just, <laughs> just a nice change of pace for me. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, man, I'm happy to have you. And it does, it's very interesting because, because, you know, Journey for Java has so many different different kind of things, and people are kind of like, "Well, what? Uh, isn't it just a straight coffee podcast?" I'm like, "Well, you know, no one really, I don't think, wants to spend an hour and a half listening about coffee per se, but they don't mind the combination of all these different things at once." And I, that's what, what the separation that I like to to do is to try, try to get into different journeys and talk, tell different stories. And, uh, and I'm sure like every musician I speak to is tired of talking about their new album or they're tired of talking <laughs> about this, or you've got an athlete that's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I ran really fast and, uh, and I'm tired of talking about it. <laughs> right. So, um, so this, in this particular case, it's, it's been a flurry of, of, uh, announcements and different things in tech world. But, uh, the core of it is this, you're one of my favorite uh, tech people on the internet, really one of the only people I follow on, on the net um, when it comes to new products and, and different things like that. You do a great show um, called uh, Some Gadget Guy, which, um, you know, which is where I first found you, actually, which is really funny. I, I, I uh, was uh, touring and I was kind of looking for, for some stuff that I could, uh, um, you know, kind of get into like, as far as like products and different oh, things wow. that, yeah. that, uh, that were, that I could take on the road with me. And this was you here on the, um, uh, the Samsung go, you know, wireless, uh, kind of mic and, and yeah, it was a really awesome kind of thing that I, that I, I was, uh, I loved about your, uh, your site was this amazing review of this product about going a, a deep dive into, um, sort of, that world of remote audio and things like that. And I really, really dug it. And, uh, and it kind of introduced me to you and I kept following you and I'm like, wait a minute, this guy really, really, really likes LG products. And, uh, or he does, <laughs> yeah. he does a very good deep dive into LG products, which I, you know, have right here. And I'm going to blame you for buying it because uh, I, I am, just... I am kind of an enabler like that. That, that tends to happen. <laughs> so apologies. But, uh, that's, the, that's the gig. But I always like to ask the, the, the idea, you know, do you like coffee? And, and you're like, yes, yes, yes. So to keep the coffee people here for a minute before we switch mm -hmm. to tech, coffee and your journey. How did your journey to coffee start and what at what level of coffee drinker are you? you know, I, I right would now? I would put my tastes as, as very, very broad, but kind of shallow. Um, you know, again, I, I was really excited to to jump on and chat with you on on your podcast, especially going back and and listening to some of your previous episodes because I feel like there's there's like a kindred spirit for people that value 
an experience. Um, if that experience is audio or music or recording or or food or wine or whiskey or technology, um, th- there's like a certain subclass of of that individual who who likes to go that one little step further, but then likes to be a, a, an ambassador. You know, they get really they get more lit up about bringing new people into the fold than just being a gatekeeper. Like, oh, you don't really know coffee. You don't you don't follow this one roaster that I, I have found exclusively and I liked them before they sold out kind of a thing. So um, I, I kind of like to divide my coffee drinking into two distinctly different tiers. Um, I, I, I've got like a little Peruvian dark roast. I can't remember the name of the roaster. That's terrible. I should have cribbed that before jumping in front of the camera. Um but it's a very simple, straightforward, kind of mellow Peruvian dark roast that with just like a little pinch of salt on my morning routine is that kind of quintessential cup of joe. You know, like it's it's the functional, the practical, the get up, get your day going kind kind of kind of uh, beverage. And it's just a full part of the morning routine. You know, the smell of it as it's grinding is is just as critical to me as, as you know, like when I'm pouring that actual first cup. Um, but lately, I've been trying to get into uh, flavors in a bit more like how I how I grok tea, um, where for for tea and for wine and for whiskeys, I, I tend to go for something that's that's a, a very uh, aggressive flavor profile, um, like a, like a chai oolong blend is just kind of designed to punch you in the senses as you're, as you're experiencing it, as you're consuming it. And so that's where I've been really getting, trying to get more into like, um, like Ethiopian, uh, light roasts, more floral, more fruity. When, when you you find to have that first experience with coffee that tastes fruity, I can understand why a lot of people feel like that's incorrect. You know, coffee should taste like this charcoal that you've poured into a cup. Um, and and it, it, it takes it, it even took me a bit. You know, it's like I didn't trust what my senses were, were telling me the first time I shoved my nose in, in, a, in a cup of a light roast like that. So that's kind of where I'm at right now is, is um, it, you know, I'm, I'm kind of coming back to coffee as more of an experiential uh, pastime as, as, as something to consume, to, to, to educate myself on, like, you know, the first time I tried a Malbec, you know, like, oh, this is substantially different. This is so unique to what I've tried with all of these like cheap, you know, Cabernets or, or Merlots. Um, now I'm trying to do the same thing with coffee. And, and, and that's, that's been a lot of fun over the last year, just being able to try some of this stuff and, and kind of broaden my horizons. The the one common thing that seems to be um, happening uh, with the people, especially over the last year and a half, is people kind of stuck inside, or they're they're kind of in this zone where they can't go to the coffee shop, so they can't do anything. You know, they are rediscovering this, and um, anyone listening to this would under, would know that I'm late to the game as far as years. I'm only a couple of years in, but um, that journey for me of trying to find. Um, amazing coffee around the world doesn't exist for me right now so i have to either go locally or have it brought in i have added an es- a home espresso machine i've added all this kind of stuff to to sort of just experiment with new ways to make coffee to keep me entertained but to keep me you know out of the shops really even though that's one of the fun parts about a journey so you're in la um surrounded by incredible coffee all over the place we'll get down into like a trivia not like sort of a quick espresso shot idea but um you are surrounded by it, I'm sure. Are you still getting a chance in LA to go out to some of your local favorite coffee shops? Are you are you inside and having it mailed in? What's going on there with you? So so yeah, it's 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 mailing it. It's um it, there were a handful of little uh, like hipstery kind of boutique coffee shops that my wife and I were really so. So th- this is all kind of coming about three and a half years ago, maybe four years ago. I just was blown away by a cup of coffee I got in Vancouver. And it was at a place that I was totally rolling my eyes the whole time. I can't remember the name of 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 the coffee shop now. And again, I'm I'm so sorry. Your your viewers are like, oh, this guy. Um, but we walk in and it's got that kind of, you know, like hipstery white wall, you know, the the presentation of the pour-over technique is is maybe a little bit more theatrical than it probably needs to be. And and my wife is just cracking up because she can kind of see that I'm I'm not really digging the vibe of this scene. And then I sit down and and it's it's not even my first sip it's just the the wafting smell as it hits my nose and then my wife just 
died laughing at me. Like I was so up my own butt about what were you not drinking before that? Place. And then, what were you? What was your kind of go to? So I, so I, I, you know, I had spent a lot of time with just kind of the same sort of overplayed, dark roast, over roasted, like Colombian um, kind of beans that have probably been sitting on shelves for too long, and. I, I feel like my story isn't isn't that uncommon where someone will, will hand you like a really well-crafted cup of coffee and something that you can tell they put more effort into delivering to the to the customer. And I'd never just linked the idea that, man, I could be doing this on my own or I, I should be making this a part of my 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 own personal like coffee uh um, behavior, you know, my own routine, you know, like I'm sure other folks, you know, in these kinds of conversations here, you know, like here's an amazing cup of coffee and the person drinks it and goes, wow, that was really neat. And then it doesn't ever seem to change their behavior. You know, it, it's like they, they never make the effort to, to do it for themselves. And so that's kind of where I was stuck for a while. I, I loved going out to a nice cafe. I loved going out to, to a nice restaurant, getting a really, really well-made cup of coffee. And for whatever reason, in my brain, that was something that happened over there. And then when I go home, I'm going to tear open like a, a Pete's coffee bag and and dump a major Dickinson's blend into a, a really crap, you know, a grinder. And that's what I'll drink in the morning just to get my day started. So um, it, 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 it kind of lit me up again. And, and again, my I, I suffered a lot of a, a lot of uh, mockery from my wife um when we were out in vancouver because she did she she saw immediately like oh you're digging this after you were talking so much trash now you're liking this my wife was and, the coffee uh, drinker that kind of helped us so <laughs> well we both were um my my wife um worked for a a, a little um uh, just a little cafe chain in in New Mexico, um, uh, Flying Star, and and they do their own roasting in New Mexico. And I, I, she got just a little bit more of that kind of hometown education on what they were doing locally. Um, and even you know for some of their wacky blends, like you'd get a pinon, kind of a nutty blend, and and they'd roast it that way too. And so she was always just kind of a step ahead of me on that. But when she saw how I lit up on that, and you know, like she, I, I I suffered for a while <laughs> for making fun of me after that. But but coming back and then scouting around for some of the great little shops and some of the the local roasters here in Los Angeles. Um, now it's just, you know, we, we kind of splurge a little bit. We, we still have our, our just sort of normal caffeine drip that, that we'll, we'll turn to just for functional. But then it's like, hey, we want to do something a little nice or we want to do something a little special or, you know, maybe it's a pairing that goes really well with some, some heavy cream and it's kind of a decadent or almost a desserty kind of a coffee. You know, that, that's been mixed into our routine uh, a bit more actively over the last year. Now, what brought me to you obviously was tech when it comes to phones and mics and things like that, um, which you can catch at somegadgetguy.com. Um, great site, but great YouTube site, you know, 122,000, whatever it is, subscribers, amazing killer videos. Um, but I'm going to suggest that you add coffee products to the review process now. So people are going to come to you and go, I'm, you know, what's going on with Samsung versus LG? Well, not LG now, but you know what I'm saying? And, uh, but I, right, I'm exactly. wondering if, if we should tap into you for some coffee review products here, because, um, if you deep dive the way you do on the phone situation, you're people will, you'll, you'll convert so many people to coffee at home now, because I got to tell you, friends, uh, one's, uh, reviews of phones and products is more thorough than anybody I've seen. And, um, and uh, so, yeah, what do you think? What do you think? I mean, coffee products, what do you think? Well, well first of all, I just really appreciate uh, all the kind words because, again, I, I feel like there, there are some of us out there that are really seeking like-minded individuals that care. That, that, that care about some of the nuances of these conversations. And we, we enjoy the experiences of these beyond just like, oh, is it faster? Is it bigger? Is it better? What was the marketing? And then they have a bar graph that shows you how it's better than last right. year's product. Um, I, I think a lot of us in the tech space are kind of facing a little bit of an existential crisis right now where the pressures of working with manufacturers, the pressures of working on YouTube are all kind of hitting us from different sides. And a lot of us are trying to find ways to pivot. Um, so it's, it's funny that you bring it up, but you know, like 
I kind of fall, I've fallen in love with my instant pot. I, I like my little Mocha Master drip yeah. coffee maker for my functional cup of Joe. You know, like some of those stories probably would help kind of flesh out just a 21st century post pandemic lifestyle. Like the world is a different place than it was even five years ago. And it's a very different place than it was a year ago. And, and actually, I mean, a, a lot of us have been looking at how, how do we move beyond just shoving a phone in your face and saying camera mega pickles camera and uh it plays games it's not really a fun conversation if if we've become such a cliche in that kind of circular gadget review commentary so i think now is the right time to kind of broaden sure. a little bit and and find some of those other experiences and some of those other uh, other stories to share yeah i mean, it seems the content seems to be so common with everybody it's so crucial right now um as far as um where people are getting their content from and how it's being produced and mm. and it's just in you know the world's just inundated with experts and things like that one of the things i loved right. um that you did uh recently on this uh, this um article that you did about oh, saying yeah. goodbye to lg which i loved completely because um as mentioned i was um looking around i had i was an lgb30 person um and anyone that's listening listen lgb30 were first to all the really cool shit then everyone copied it sorry mm -hmm. so i mean i i mean <laughs> i was iphone was like we added this we added that i'm like i've had that on my phone for three years like it was just a funny and, and in fact like you know apple was taking away things while lg was adding some of this cool stuff and and never really got the credit that they i know and it was really something to kind of like uh, i and I was so like, okay, am I going to make the switch from the LGV30 to the LGV60? And for those of you listening that, you know, I'm, uh, listen, I know where the downloads are coming from. The downloads are coming from Apple. They're coming from Apple, like, you know, uh, and uh, a little bit on Android on the rest of it. You know, there's Spotify's making their move and all the rest of it. But the majority is still coming from Apple Podcasts, which tells me that there's a substantial amount of people on iPhones listening. Mm -hmm. And I get it. However, for content creators and people that are trying to do stuff, um, geez, LG was so, so great for this. Yeah. And they were so Unique. awesome for, for what they did. So I guess we'll, we'll move into this for a second and come back to copy in a little while. But mm -hmm. the demise of LG, <laughs> you touch on it in this amazing article, which you can find on uh, somegadgetguy.com and his YouTube page. Um, but you have a great article where you... <laughs> you take the other approach of what LG didn't, you know, you don't pick on them about what they didn't get right. Cause you've been talking about what they got right forever. You're picking on the people that are going to start picking on LG now that they've folded. And I yeah. loved it. I loved it. Cause you've been an, a big proponent of LG phones and things like that. So why don't you uh, let's dive a little bit into your world here on the tech side sure. and um, just kind of give me a bit of a, what next now that lg's gone and they were they were the as far as i think yeah. they're the front runners under this thing what's what's next who's who's going to take over that what's next well it, it it's kind of tricky because i kind of feel one of one of the, the the most precious places that we're in in consumer electronics and and especially for smartphones is um is this notion of youtube and facebook style algorithms manipulating the content that viewers see in their timeline based on popularity. And then it makes it so much more difficult for another brand to kind of find audience. If you're not like one of the top three performers in a specific space, or you're not constantly generating trending topic news, then YouTube actively kind of manipulates that feed. So as you're, if you're a content creator and you spend the exact same amount of time making videos on smaller brands as you do on Samsung and Apple, those other videos are going to demonstrably pay you less. And so that, that becomes one of the most critical parts of this commentary. You, you sort of get trained to satisfy the viewership of a much larger fan base and then that starts to color the perception of that review. You know, these videos are getting viewed less. They're making me less money. I guess people really don't like these products as much. I I'm going to make them the losers in future smartphone comparisons or in future showdowns. And, and, and I feel like, you know, it, it kind of doesn't matter what manufacturer 
you know, comes to step up or replace or fill in some of the gaps that are left by LG, it's are we as a community, especially in the tech space, are we going to acknowledge when we see good competition? Because that was one of the fatal flaws of the LG reviewer relationship. LG was not as good at marketing. You know, Samsung spends $10 billion a year just on marketing their brand. Samsung spent more on their marketing than LG did on their entire smartphone division. So if, if, that's, if that's the battle, if the only way that you can truly compete is to spend a ridiculous amount of money, we'll probably never see a legit consumer-facing competitor in the space. It's always going to be kind of rigged for whatever popularity metric is is generating the most income for reviewers and content creators. So whoever comes after really needs to get out, uh, get ahead of a smartphone review process that's probably going to label them as the loser. You know, you're, you're not making me as much money. I don't, you know, people aren't watching your videos as much. So I'm always going to say buy an iPhone or I'm always going to say buy a Galaxy. And so if they can't find a way to get consumers interested, that's never going to trickle up to the tech reviewers. It, this actually all works backwards now. You know, whoever gets the most impact from, from the viewers and the consumers is actually going to get the more positive reviews. So it, it, in this space, uh, it, it, it's, it's a little sad because the V60 was such a, a unique product. Um, it, it was very modular by design where you could add a pen and make it very much like a galaxy note you plug in really nice headphones and there was an audiophile grade dac that that drove a, a, a listening experience like no other product you could pop it into a case and add a whole second screen if you wanted to do some more advanced multitasking you could plug it into a a, a monitor or a laptop dock and turn it into a full-fledged computer kind of like samsung decks it has a memory card slot so you can you easily quadruple the storage for cheap had great cameras. It, 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 there isn't one product that that kind of ticks all those boxes. You know, unfortunately, no matter where we go after LG, we're going to have to compromise hard on some feature that if you were really using LG for what they offered, it, you're not going to ever find as complete an experience as what is what their final phones. And I didn't, offer. I didn't like even begin, and I'm still using it. I mean, it's got the Android update. I didn't even begin to use half the stuff that's in it, even after following your videos, oh, yeah. I mean, like, I don't have the time right now to do all the things that Juan tells me to do. It's, it's a really interesting, like, um, you know, and, and it's the little baby steps too. I mean, like, I totally get it, but you know, if you've ever had to sign contracts, I don't sign contracts from a PC or printout paper anymore. I mean, uh, from the galaxy notes to the V60, it's like, I, I pull out a pen and the contract is already on my phone. Cause I got it on email and I scribble out what I need to scribble out and I send it right back off again. I mean, it's those little things that you kind of take for granted and how fleshed out a very, you know, sort of feature complete pocket computer can be. And, and it's unfortunate. So I, I kind of feel like gaming phones are going to take over for some of the multimedia, um, if, if what you cared about was the headphone jack, I'd seriously look at an Asus. Um, the new ROG is actually going to be using a very similar DAC to what's on the V60 and uh, with a proper headphone port. Um, if it was about the content creation capabilities, I, I really feel uh, Sony is probably the strongest game in town. Um, we're we're going to be seeing, uh, it might be out by the time this podcast goes live, but they're going to be announcing their next generation Sony. phone. And uh, yes, from Sony, the Xperia 1 Mark III, we're expecting to be announced on the 14th. And uh, from the Xperia 1 Mark II in 2020, uh, that that was like, if you wanted to shoot a movie you know, with those kinds of tools and capabilities, Sony would have been my top pick. Um, for, for, you know, crazy long battery life, maybe it's going to be some kind of gaming phone, like a black shark or a red magic for other camera capabilities, like more point and shoot style camera photography. I, I think OnePlus's game is really strong right now. And then if it was the more, uh, multitasking or computer, uh, computing style, then that's maybe when you, you should check out like a Samsung and get something like Dex or, uh, or a folding phone like the Z Fold just so that you can multitask better. It's There's no one product that, well, that It was interesting because I felt like LG did the whole thing properly. And then they had, you know, a, a few products that came out. I think the Velvet was the, this, the Velvet was the mini version of the LG mm -hmm. V30 or V60, I guess. They, they, 
They B60. changed it a little bit and made it a little bit cheaper. There was that. And then the wing, which um, you actually, I saw you review right after I got the LG V60, yeah. but it was like, oh, it's coming out and it's going to be kind of cool. And then, you know, <laughs> so it was like, all right, well, you know, like uh, I just went ahead and got the V60. And then, of course, this announcement went down. It was funny because if I just waited like probably four months and held on to my V30, <laughs> And then this went down, I would have been <laughs> sad. I probably would have messaged you anyways and been like, what do I do right. now? Where do I go? Because I need some, uh, an all-encompassing phone or an all-encompassing product for, for, um, you know, for content creation, even though I've got a smaller page. I'm still doing tons of stuff content-wise uh, um, mm-hmm. when I travel. And I'm just compiling, 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 and it's all in 4K, and it's been amazing. So mm-hmm. I've got tons of footage in the can for when we can actually travel again, and I can get out and actually do coffee reviews, and um, you know, and do that kind of that and, thing and again. So exactly what you're describing right there is, I feel the great travesty of tech reviews is that um, we've got this like lowest common denominator expectation on consumers. And, and you'll see this. Someone's going to hold up a $1,000 plus phone and then talk about what average consumers right. are going to do. And you're like, average consumers buy average phones. You know, there's a reason why Galaxy A series grossly outsells Galaxy S. It's because mainstream smartphone shoppers the world over are buying in the mid range because that's a better bang for buck for daily driver needs. When we start talking about these premium tier devices, I expect premium use. And we got to a point, especially with the, v, the V50 and the V60, where that $1,000 investment in a phone meant I could cover a trade show and leave my $2,000 gaming laptop and like $3,000 worth of nice camera equipment at home. And I could legitimately cover, shoot, edit, render, upload, you know, stay in communication, uh, write documents, write scripts, record podcasts, all from this pocket computer with very little change in my, you know, sort of nightly workflow for covering stuff on the ground. And and again, I'm, I'm going to start trying to do a few like fun challenges on my channel, but um, like, especially when it comes to audio, if, if you're still thinking your podcast is going to be a couple of mics and maybe an interface and you're going to go out and mm-hmm. set up a laptop and that's how you're stop. Why are you doing that? Stop doing that. You know, plug a couple of mics into your yeah. phone and this is, this is far and away a better faster, just as powerful, more discreet, portable recording setup. And, and it's like, you already bought the phone. It, it, yeah. It's already there. Like get your money's worth. This, this is a crazy powerful computer. I was trying to find a hybrid way to that. I do have the uh, zoom H six, which I love uh, for travel. It's very compact mm-hmm. and I can take it out and it's, um, you know, for, but have you tried audio evolution, audio evolution, mobile on no. Android? Oh, multi-track recording, and you can sit there and cut and splice, and you've got basic tools for editing the audio, and you just plug right in your home. One, and one great. And, says. And, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was great, too, because like uh, that was also one of the first apps that they even delivered their own uh, USB audio driver. So long before Android was really doing a good job of supporting USB audio, we already had this kind of capability where you could plug an interface and power an interface off of your phone and, and record that way. And so now like I, I've been playing with like the little Rode yeah. microphones. The new Rode Wireless Go 2 is phenomenal. And and it's it's this great little transmitter receiver. It backs up the audio on the transmitters in case anything happens. You don't have to worry about the wireless signal interrupting or cutting up the audio. You've got this great backup. And then you can just plug it directly into the phone it, it, the idea that I would go back to carrying pounds more gear to pull something like that off is just is just silly to me at this. The point. biggest thing it's that I'm, I'm looking so much you know, more accessible. The biggest thing that I try to do is I try to find the best coffee in the world when I'm out. That's how this whole thing started. Mm-hmm. Was trying to find the best coffee while I was traveling. Coffee shops, coffee people. The most downloaded podcast I have is with Tim Wendelbo from Tim Wendelbo Coffee from Oslo, Norway. And nice. no matter how many listens and anything I get on everything, and I don't, you, I'm sure you see this in different variations, and you kind of go, "Why was? Why did this get more views than this?" Or, however, right. no one can catch him because every single week his episode just keeps downloading, you know, a hundred a week or whatever it is, because mm-hmm. people are fascinated with copy, and they let me go into their 
their their shop in Oslo and film everything. I've got everything in a can, but even then I had to sort of bring a few things and get a little bit boxy and kind of like, you know, yeah. film it and try to break it down a little bit. I had the little Samsung that you'd recommended. And then I was like, but by the time I bought that and started learning that something else came out and I was like, yeah. Oh, okay. So then whatever, I keep coming back to your site <laughs> to check out anything new, which is amazing, which is fun. Well, but, and, um, and you know, part, part of the, part of the philosophy and, and one of the reasons why I, I feel like there's a smaller crew of us that are talking about this with a bit more of an experiential tone is, uh, so often you're going to you're going to catch the end of my video and the conclusion is going to be positive. Like the product is judged by the manufacturer's claims, what it does at a certain price point, And my experience is using it over a certain period of time. But I think one of the things that gets lost in translation, and it's something that I'm trying to do a better job of, especially over this last year, with so many people hurting to get new computers and components and, and to work from home and to school from home, is my recommendation is more based on a particular audience. So, you know, a phone like the V60 doesn't get a buy or don't buy thumbs up, thumbs down. The V60 is graded on a target consumer that I think would be a good fit for it. Mm -hmm. And then what are the claims that our LG is making? And does that mesh with the people that I think would be a good fit for it? I, I gave, I don't know if you, you saw the Microsoft folding phone, the Surface Duo. I gave that a phenomenally positive review, but at the same time, we need to acknowledge that that's the right mini tablet for maybe a thousand people. You know, like the, the audience is super, super tiny, but they deserve to hear about how it's really going to fit into their workflow. They still deserve the same quality and focus and commentary on their review as someone whose needs are more mainstream. Sure. And instead of trying to judge by, you know, like, well, this phone sold the best in 2020, so I guess it was the best phone. We want to try and drill down just a little bit deeper. You know, again, it's why I like having conversations with foodies. Is, is it's not just like, oh, well, that was a good meal and I'm sated and I'm no longer hungry. It's like, well, what, what went into the preparation and what were these ingredients and what did you think about the pairings and the flavor profile? And, and I'm not always qualified to speak on that stuff, but I love joining that conversation and I love listening to those mm -hmm. conversations. And that's kind of what I hope to provide. So unfortunately, when you, you land on like, oh, well, this microphone came out, a major part of the Samsung Go review was, this is the first one that's really tackling this and nailing sure. it. And from here, we should really expect to see more competition. Well, that was like, what was that, like three years ago? Two years, years ago is when I bought it, or three years <laughs> so Right. Anyway. And, and, and so over that window, I mean, I, I'm, I'm proud of myself for that video because we did get it, this is something that did pan out. People are interested in adding a little microphone or adding better audio or sprucing up their own family movies, or maybe it's something silly like, hey, they, they've really got designs on TikTok. You know, we're, we're, we're driving an entirely new generation of storytellers and podcasters and content creators. And then at the same time, the tech community is, is sitting back and saying, Oh, but you don't really do anything with your phone. You should just like Snapchat and maybe take a couple HDR photos and check your email. And this is in stark contrast to the reality of this amazing explosion in different uh, platforms and services and online communities that are using these things in tremendously, tremendously creative and innovative ways. Let me ask you um, on the back to coffee for a minute. When you, mm -hmm. um, with the amount of content that you're putting out and the editing and all the madness that, that goes with it. Mm -hmm. um, now that you're kind of in that coffee journey a, a bit and, and your wife has brought you on board to join her on certain things. <laughs> right. Do you, um, do you go searching for content online yourself when it comes to um, coffee, like, you know, like specific to that side of it. And as a content creator, when you go, do you, do you have a critical eye on the content that's coming out or do you, do you kind of respect the process of, of what everyone's trying to do? Or is it like, I liken it to somebody who makes a movie and they watch a movie and they go, Oh, they use this on that. And oh, why, why did they do right. that? And they just can't watch the movie. It's like when I go to watch a concert, I'm standing there going, Oh, we're seven minutes. My, from, my, we're seven my minutes hook, from this. And yeah. My, my hook is definitely audio. I have a hard time getting over bad audio because I come out of a background in yeah. a commercial voiceover direction. And I, I spent 20 years of my life just analyzing and dissecting the, the recordings of human speech. 
So I can't turn that off. You know, nice. like I, I'm, I'm listening to the, to the tone and quality of your mic and I'm, I'm listening to the tone and quality of my own voice in my own head. And, and every video that comes in, there's something automatic process. There's something that's, that's clicking in there, sure. but it, it, it's, it's kind of, um, I feel like the the amount of time I've spent making my own content and editing content and producing in a variety of different places, you know, there, there's that person who makes a movie and then can't help but pick apart someone else's movie. And then there's that person who makes a movie and they learn empathy about how difficult that process and that journey was. And when they see someone else finish a project, they're just so excited for that that person to finish the project. And I'm really trying to live my life as that second person. It, you know, it it matters a little less to me if you've got the prettiest B-roll or camera panning or anything. If you're joining a conversation in earnest and not for the lulls and not to be a disruptor or not to spoil the ends of our favorite movies because it gets you easy clicks or, or, or you know, with some lazy kind of, you know, half-hearted but keyword generated sort of script, you take it that one step further and you show that you care then I'll watch you all day. I'll watch you forever. You'll, you'll be my best online friend that you never knew you had. And, and, and especially in the foodie scene, um, you know, it, it, it's sad because this YouTube algorithm has kind of hammered content that takes longer to produce and is built with more of a philosophy. And so, you know, where there was this vibrant community of like animators making short films and funny cartoons and, and foodies with recipes and, and, and analyzing now so much of it has to be built on a gimmick and let, or YouTube just won't send it to people or you just won't be discoverable. And so now it's like, I'm going out of my way even more. I'm, I'm trying to like dig even deeper and making the effort to change my own viewing habits and circumventing you know, Facebook style algorithm changes and YouTube style feed management to find the kind of content that I want. You know, coffee has become a part of that. Um, wine has always been a part of that, even from the early days of like Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, like yelling at me on weird live streams. Like I've, I've just, I, I don't have a palate that I can really, you know, grade wine i love listening to people talk about wine i love it so much and same thing with whiskeys and bourbons coffee with coffee so, was one of those things with that journey though like that i i'm the same because most people you know like when i came into it it was like the impression that we grow up with is like oh you need cream and sugar and you need this and that and and i was always like okay and then when i started on black coffee and i never got off it i'm actually all that's it for me. So, mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm into the, to the, to, you know, so the, I, I the agree with, I agree with you. And, and especially like, as I've gotten into more floral and especially fruitier, yeah. totally with you, but there's still a part of, I, I can't explain it. I, words are really going to be lacking here, but just like with tea, there's something so decadent about just that little cloud dollop of cream, just that fat. <laughs> You know, take something that already has the just, just you like the corsage. So, so when when something kind of like gets up in your nose, and and you know, we know that biologically, like what our taste buds do to coffee, kind of breaks down a certain part of the flavor component before we even really get a chance to taste it. It's like it's like the bittersweet uh, joy and genius of coffee is also just one step away from our own biology. It's it's just such a head trip, and and so you know, taking something that already has this, this floral, this bouquet, this, th this experience, and then just adding a little fat <laughs> just makes it decadent. You know, So I, I tend not to hit with any type of, of, of like syrups or flavors or sugars, because now I genuinely want to experience what that bean has to offer. But it, for me, it's always like, if I just add that little cloud, and it gets a little creamier and a little thicker. And then I that's, think if that's you, like, if you start, if you make the it. effort, I, I tell people, if you make the effort to start with black coffee and you can appreciate you that you just ground it, it's, it's only like, you know, uh, you bought the bag based on a roast date right, exactly. <laughs> and little things like that. And you get into it and then, okay, then, then you get permission to put the rest of it in after that. <laughs> if you spent 10 cups dialing into the vice and you're good, and then you want to up it, no problem. So I just find like you got to start with the core of where the bean yeah, completely was roasted agree. and all the rest of it. So um, I want to try something out here with you now called the okay. espresso shot. So 
and this is Juan from Some Gadget Guy, my favorite uh, tech guy on the net, uh, reviews a whole bunch of different products. Hopefully I can, um, you know what, I, I, I'm hoping that he'll just switch to starting reviewing coffee and coffee products <laughs> so I can stop doing it, actually, because it's taking up a lot of my time, and um, and I'd rather watch your breakdown. It's really good. So anyways, uh, we're going to do something called the espresso shot, where I'm just going right. to kind of hit a few questions at you. You give me your take on these things. So about five just quick questions here, and we'll go from there. So this is the espresso shot with Juan from Some Gadget Guy. Three, two, one. Juan, what's your favorite region for coffee? Right now, I'd probably say Ethiopia. I'm with you. Ethiopia on fire right now. Love it, love it, love it. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite coffee brand? Must do, have it in the house all the time. Oh, man, I don't have one. It, it's it, we've genuinely stopped just getting the the mass market stuff and so but is there like a local roastery uh, or a local place close to you that you're like for sure we're like we're grabbing it twice a okay, month okay so so like so so the last the last time i really felt like i had that kind of brand loyalty it was it was a uh, uh, flying star out of new mexico Nice. Um, which was very cafe style. Um, and I've been chasing the dragon on a Papua New Guinea that they had where it was just the right batch of beans with the right roast and it zinged in my brain mm -hmm. and I've never gotten it back. <laughs> I, uh, I discovered I've got a video coming from Cutbow Coffee in um, New uh, in New Mexico, and mm -hmm. I think they had one from Papua New Guinea as well. So there you go. Yeah. Very, very cool. Uh, is there a coffee myth that you want to debunk? The, the the um the 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 one that I think is very common and and you you guys I've heard it on on your podcast before is is just taking the time and effort to sort of expand your horizons take that step away from what's sort of a, a mass market or easy or convenient grocery store plastic bag and and then to trust your senses um, it's gonna taste wrong because it's unfamiliar. Yeah, if it's if you're not familiar with with the variety of what coffee can actually be, then it's it's going to be pungent or sweet or cloying or whatever these negative uh, adjectives would be. And it takes it, it takes a little bit of reprogramming um, to, to, to get over that. Advice for somebody just getting into coffee for the first time. Oh, man, um, find find a good coffee buddy. Again, so co co coffee is like coffee is like wine. Coffee is like beer. Coffee is like whiskey. I would not be into bourbons if it weren't for my uncle. And and you know, after I was old enough to drink, he he kind of ruined me on cheap whiskey. <laughs> That's right. But 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 so many of those early experiences are just caught up in the joy of spending time with you know a. a you know, a family member that I cared about and it was always talking about life. And then my cousin, she was really into, into whiskey and she got into scotch. And so the, the, the consumption of this, I feel the emotions pair up with the quality of the actual end product. And the more you pair those together, I feel the more it just kind of feeds into itself. You know, I, I love stout, but a properly built stout is a social experience, not just I poured a beer into a glass and sure. I, I poured it down my gullet. You know, the the true experience of a stout is watching it build in a glass while you talk trash about the local sporting team and and mm -hmm. you get rowdy in a pub. I mean, you, you can't completely detach all of that. We're, we're such social creatures. We're, we're such, we need that kind of connection and we translate our, our affection and, and our experiences with each other through mediums like food and drink and dessert and coffee. And, and to me that that's where you get the complete, the holistic experience of coffee is when you get to share it with someone. I love that because that's the first time someone has said, get a coffee buddy. That's great on the espresso shot. So that's very cool. Now on the side <laughs> note to that, uh, because this is tech side of it, we are combining tech and coffee yeah. here and uh, all the rest of it. Same questions on the tech side, favorite brand. Oh man. Um, so, so many. Uh, that can be go to, that could be like a go-to like familiarity, but favorite yeah, brand so that's like go-to. Yeah. So, so for, for, I mean, if we're just talking about mobile and phones, my, my, my most familiar and the, the brand I've relied on the most is definitely LG. Um, and then my kind of follow up to that in, in light of LG leaving the market, I'm not entirely sure where I'll end up, but I've really been liking what Sony is doing. 
as kind of an alternative brand to some more of these mainstream kind of product categories. Side note to our, uh, to go along with that, what's the biggest myth about tech and in that world as far as phones and what people think they need? Uh, uh, I think you touched on it a bit as far as um, targeting, mm-hmm. but what is the biggest myth about I, tech? I, so I would say the biggest Oof, that's this is dicey, and I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers here. But um, I, I feel like the biggest myth is that tech reviewers and tech commentators are the tastemakers, and that's backwards. They they comment and they review positively something that's already popular. So it's really on the consumers. You know, to vote with your wallet isn't just a phrase that we bandy about. If something really does have the features or the capabilities or the things that you need and want you don't get a better experience by just following a trend of buying something more popular. And so uh, it's, again, I I feel it's the estimation of the average consumer is insultingly low. Average consumers do way more with their tech products than tech reviewers believe that they do. Final question, advice for people getting in to tech for the first time, what would you tell them that would be like one-stop shop, and you're set for like, I think, two to three years, go to, these are the things you need. I, I don't know that I would, I would categorize, because again, this is very, very broad. And, and again, I, I think someone listening to this podcast probably cares about the experience. And so my, my general recommendation would be in a vacuum, the, this individual who isn't being taught how to use technology or, or learning about brands from their parents' favorite brands would be to start easy. You know, I, th- there's, if, if you generate your first experiences on solid mid-ranger products with good brand reputations, um, you, you're going to go so much farther on your dollar than you think, you know, the, the bang for buck on a $300 phone is phenomenally good these days, but don't get complacent. Um, you have a pocket computer. Don't think of it as just a texting, email, social media machine. Try Try, try to record a podcast with it. We've just survived a year of shelter-in-place orders. Interview your family. Th- this is this is the kind of media we're going to look back on like letters from, from the era of the Spanish flu. And there's going to be history there that we've survived, that you've lived through these experiences. And you've got this amazing, incredible, complete computing solution in your pocket that can do all of these things right there in the moment. And, and it's just, it's really a shame. So many people kind of feel like trying to get that out of their, their gadget purchase is, is, is a bridge too far or it's too difficult, or maybe it's a little confusing. You know, my, my entire daughter's, my daughter's entire life, she's, she's five has been documented in 4K video from a variety of of phones and cameras and stuff. And even at five, she's already got a much more intimate relationship with her own personal history than I've ever had because we've got this media archived for her. And it's just for her. We, We don't share her on social media. Like this is special. This is, this is just for our family and it's just for her. And she does, she's seen her first steps in 4K. I caught it on on an LG V20, you know, <laughs> like there she is, you know, like toddling off into my wife's arms and you see the look on my wife's face and you see her as just this little, this little dough ball of cute little baby. And she's just so eyes sparkling. And my five-year-old daughter knows what that looks like. And she knows what that is in, in ways that, you know, my own childhood was, could never have been documented like that and so my kids look through my kids look through our pictures now oh yeah and they're like wow look at that what are those pants you're wearing and i'm like well that's how we got the <laughs> photos i mean there was not really even even the video like i mean geez, it's, it's just amazing how far tech has come just even in the last like you know since i discovered you alone i'm like my god there's just been tons but for, um, for anyone that's interested yeah, in this tre- treat treat your content with more respect than social media companies treat your content your family memories are more precious than a few likes on Twitter or on Instagram. This is, this is your history. This is your story. And you've got these incredible tools to capture it and to share it and to preserve it. And it just makes me sad when some people kind of just like shrug that off because you're going to get older and and you're not going to have these things or you're not going to remember these things. And, and I feel like that's, that's the, that, that, that hurts my heart to, to know that. That 
is the espresso double shot for this episode. And we touched on a lot of stuff, which is amazing. Uh, a few minutes left. Um, we've con gone through coffee and a few other things. I wanted to ask you yeah. um, about how did this thing come together for you? Because, you know, you've got a ton of content. Um, obviously, we hear a whole bunch of people. I, mean, I, I would get lost in videos all day long of a rabbit hole of like, you've got to focus your, you know, you've got to focus your, your videos and you've got to focus this mm -hmm. instead of just having a YouTube channel or just having a web page. Uh, you've got to offer people something. And I, I get caught in that web tons because mm -hmm. this podcast right now that we're lit, that you're on, that we're speaking about literally is combining coffee and tech mm -hmm. experts would be like, don't do both. You've got to go coffee or tech. Sure. But I'm doing it my way. Right. But you can get but you get caught up in it. So how did it all come together for you? And when did you sort of see that, that you're like, whoa, I'm onto something because this is a thing. Like this, there's a wave coming now. There's there's a really long story behind that. But just to kind of condense it down a little bit, I I, uh, I was working as a booth director and an agent assistant for a voiceover a talent agent here in Los Angeles, and at that time they were very aggressive about making sure their employees didn't have public facing social media accounts. But at the same time, I was working with voice actors and this was just at the beginning of a trend where voice actors were starting to invest in their own home recording equipment. So actors would still come into the offices at the agency to record their auditions and we were responsible for sending it up to casting directors. So because I'd, I, I've had some experience in recording and I was pretty good with home recording tech. Uh, actors would come in and, and, and just pepper me with questions like, should I buy this mic? What kind of interface? What kind of software do you cut on? What, what would you recommend? How do you soundproof? How do you sound treat? And, and that's one-on-one. -on -one. And it's just taken way too much time out of my day having someone stuck in the booth when I need to get them out back into the lobby and get my next uh, victim to record. And so uh, I started writing a blog under a pseudonym, Some Audio Guy. And Some Audio Guy quickly developed a reputation for being a very, a very aggressively snarky um, a commentator on the world of commercial voiceover and casting in Hollywood. Uh, but I could, I could send them like, Hey, I, I can't answer this question for you right now, but you know, I've been reading this blog, the some audio guy, and he's got some tips and tricks on exactly what you're asking. If you go to his website, you can, you can check it out. And so, uh, some audio guy started just catching, um, uh, recording equipment manufacturers. So I started getting gear to review there. And then I started branching into more consumer, um, audio kit, you know, Bluetooth speakers, uh, headphones, earbuds, that kind of a thing. And then it was really, uh, Nokia, um, years back, uh, they, they were, they were kind of in their last push before they, uh, started doing windows phones and they started finding people with very sort of niche, um, commentary and they liked my commentary on audio. So they started, you know, sending me to, uh, sort of events and, and to, to, to look at some of their new smartphones and it kind of just built from there. Uh, it was probably about seven years ago that I, I made the hard switch where a majority of my of my work and content and conversation was more focused on consumer tech than it was on recording. But, you know, I still have super fond memories of and, and a lot of relationships and working relationships still uh, from working in casting and PR and ad agencies and stuff like that. And you've got the podcast uh, as well, which is great. Yeah, there's there's a lot. You know? <laughs> if, if someone wanted to hear my voice sure. every day, for their working day, I, I think I make enough content to fulfill that. There's loads, and I, <laughs> I'm amazed. I got to tell you, man, because I, um, oof, I, I got to tell you, I, um, I definitely look at uh, what you're doing, and uh, and I look at. I mean, obviously, you're doing this full time. I, I mean, dare I say, mm -hmm. do you have a full time job elsewhere? This must be full time for you. Obviously, doing this well, it, or close to and it. It's a variety of different disciplines. Yeah, so, sure. Um, I, I do hosting. I, I've worked with Newegg a lot. They're that electronics retailer. Um, is, I, I, uh, I'm starting to cover some more industry news and carrier and ISP, some of the newsier stuff with reviews.org. Um, and then, you know, it's just like any other freelancer gig. Yeah. You pick up some clients, you sure. try and do some cool work. 
I, I've been doing promo videos for companies, especially recording companies, just to kind of see if there aren't some brand or ad strategies that they might be missing. And then it's, it's also trying to foster longer term conversations. Uh, I, I've been really amped up about things like accessibility and hearing health and, and uh, hearing loss in younger and younger adults. The, the rates are on the rise and it's very concerning stuff, but that's also an opportunity to talk about not just, you know, how to protect your hearing, but like, when you do that, you also improve the quality of the content you consume. Yeah. You know, those, those conversations go hand in hand and, and it can be really satisfying when you see someone is like, yeah, I got rid of those really cruddy earbuds that came with my phone and I'm hearing things I've never heard before, but I'm also getting to turn the volume down. So I'm not just hammering my ear to, to get something better. And again, if it's experiential, it's going to light me up. If it's if it's not just, you know, I'm going to read all the specs and tell you a benchmark, then I'm going to push go and watch something else. Well, I'm a big fan, and um, I really appreciate you making the time today. I mean, uh, of course. coming on, uh, I know you're talking tech and all the rest of it, so it takes up all your day. But we do coffee, <laughs> and we do all different sorts of things here uh, on this podcast, and I like, uh, you know, kind of diving into that side of it. So... Um, tell everyone where they can find you online. Let's go there because there's a multi, there's a whole bunch of places. There's, there's a bunch there's, of different there's a places. Lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, around the socials, if you, if you search for some gadget guy, you'll probably find some flavor of me <laughs> out there. Um, a lot of this is collected on my main site, somegadgetguy.com. I, I do have a Patreon where I do some of the more granular, the, the, the really deep nitpicky, um, deep dive, like camera and audio reviews that never perform well on YouTube by themselves. Like if you want to listen to me talk about a camera for 40 minutes, um, that's, that's where you would go is, uh, patreon.com slash some gadget guy. Uh, I'm, I'm picking up that byline on reviews.org. You'll see me across the new egg channel. We just covered the Intel 11th gen, uh, core I seven and I nine launches and the new Asus motherboards. It's wherever, wherever people want to have that broader conversation. I, I like to pop up mm -hmm. and say, Hey, <laughs> and join that conversation. Cause that's, what's fun for me. Uh, not just reading a headline and getting outraged and then going on about your day. That's that's not really what this is all about. Bringing it back to coffee to end it. Your favorite piece of tech at home that involves coffee. What are you working on for gear at home? Oh, you know, it's so funny. I just field stripped my KitchenAid coffee grinder. <laughs> and and it, it's just so, again, this is so silly. Y you know how, like, there are certain things, like, the act of physically taking apart a big old metal machine and taking your little brushes and cleaning out all the nooks and crannies and the burrs and the grinder and the motor and, and then assembling it all back together again. You know, back when I used to do a little bit more of my own car maintenance, I used to love doing brake jobs. It's the most boring part of like maintaining an automobile, second only to like giving your car an oil change. But it's something about the mechanical zen. It's a puzzle. You take it apart. You're getting the smell of like kind of old coffee grounds <laughs> up in your face. And then you put it all back together again. So I'm, I'm working on my pour over technique. You know, I'm, I'm working on on that as like, you know, the, the fancier side of our coffee strategy. But there's just something about this grinder. It just it 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 it, it makes sense in my brain. And it's the thing I, I know once a month or every couple of months, I can take an afternoon, a couple hours and go zen on dismantling, cleaning, field stripping, and then putting it all back together again. And then my coffee gets ground better. <laughs> I might only have to do that with the, the Breville uh, Barista Express I just picked up. Uh, it's mm. got, you know, a built-in grinder and it's cool, but every single time you swap the bean, you got to basically recalibrate. Yeah. So once you find the one that you like, I'm telling you, know, I'm, I'm kind of sticking it for a little while with that bean because i've done it a few times you waste some beans you kind of go through the process but i guess that's the fun that's like putting new brakes on a car and taking it for a drive and seeing, it seeing if you crash <laughs> right so right. that's what happens there um one thank you so much man this is one from some gadget guy my favorite tech guy on the interwebs the internets as they say um follow him on somegadgetguy.com thanks to my friends at blue microphone speaking of gadgets for you know doing 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 this and um giving me these and all that stuff it's been awesome to have you man and um come back anytime um we'll talk about other things music whatever it's going to be 
Um, all the best to you. Be safe down there. Keep reviewing things because I'm just going to keep buying all the things you tell me to buy, I guess. Love it. And uh, <laughs> we'll see you next time. Thanks, buddy. For sure. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.